My wife, Lindsay, and I have four children, seven, five, three, and one, and Monday night we heard the sound that we dread to hear in the middle of the night. My youngest son, August, crying. Now, Team Patrick takes turns, and my turn was that evening, and I woke up and I looked at the clock, and it was midnight, and I knew that I was in for a very long evening. So I walked in to my son's room, who he shares with his older brother, Silas, who's also three, and I picked August up, and I held him, and he immediately quieted down. After a few moments, I decided I would try to put him back down and sneak back to bed, but before I could even get him back down in the crib, he started crying again. It was then that I looked over and I saw that my other son, Silas, wasn't in his bed, he had apparently already moved into the mattress that we have by our bed in our room to accommodate at least the two children that will sleep with us every night. <laughs> to not make it three, I picked up my son again, and realizing what was really going on, I picked him up, and I held him, and I, I told him, August, I'm going to go sleep in Silas's bed over there. I'm not going to leave you. I'll be with you. And then I put him down in his crib where he laid down, he got quiet, and he eventually fell to sleep. You see, August, who is the youngest of four children, who is hardly ever alone, did not want to be alone. He wanted to be close to someone. He wanted to be near his dad. He wanted togetherness. Do you feel close to your Heavenly Father this morning? Maybe it's been hard to hear His voice recently. Maybe there have been some things going on in your life, in your world, that make you wonder whether God has been present with you, whether He is together with you. Do you need Him to reassure you of His presence this morning? Do you need him to tell you of his desire for togetherness with you? This morning, in this part of the story of God, togetherness is the message of God to each one of us in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. It's the message of today's part of the story, a story that continues like this. 400 years pass since the time of Nehemiah and Ezra, since God speaks a final word to his people through the prophet Malachi. 400 long years of waiting. 400 years of silence. It was a time filled with foreign rulers, and even a few false messiahs. Now, 400 years after that word to his people from the prophet Malachi, the Romans rule over the Jewish people, the most powerful nation that had ever existed in the world up to that point. But the prophets had promised a king who would come to save them. So the Jews waited, and they hoped. And then God finally broke the silence. He sent an angel with an important message to a young woman named Mary in the town of Nazareth. 
She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. And the angel named Gabriel appeared to her and said, Mary, don't be afraid. God has chosen to bless you. You will become pregnant and you will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. Which means God saves. He will be a king. And his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the obvious question. But how can I have a baby? I'm still a virgin. The angel replied, this will happen supernaturally by God's spirit. The child will be God's son. Just remember, Mary, nothing is impossible with God. Mary said, I am God's servant. May everything that you have said come true. And soon, just as the angel had promised, Mary became pregnant. Now, when Joseph found out that Mary was expecting a child, as we heard in today's gospel, he decided to break off their engagement. The law at that time would have permitted him to have her killed if she had had an affair. But Joseph loved her. He didn't want to hurt her or humiliate her. And so one night, Joseph had a dream. An angel appeared to him and said, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child in her is from God. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So Joseph took Mary as his wife, but he didn't sleep with her until after the baby was born. Months later, as Mary and Joseph were traveling to Bethlehem, the time came for Mary to give birth. And that is where the baby was born. They named the boy Jesus, meaning God with us just as the angel told them. This is the story we call the birth of Jesus. Togetherness. Being known and fully knowing someone else. Having true intimacy. It's something that we all desire, isn't it? We're all like my son, August, in that way. We don't want to be alone. We don't want to be separated from those we love. Times of solitude, sure. But true separation, no. Have you ever thought about why that is? The answer is, is that it's rooted in the very nature of who God is. Togetherness permeates his very being. If you start to think about it too hard, you'll get a brain freeze. It'll start to make your head hurt. So I give a lot of thanks for our fathers in the faith because they did some pretty heavy lifting way back when. And their great thinking shows up in what we call the creeds of our faith. And here is how they talk about God's togetherness. We worship one God in Trinity, and Trinity in a complete unity of three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That means that there is zero separation within God. Only oneness, unity, intimacy, togetherness. 
and in making us in his image. He created us to be just like him in that, so that we could know him, that we could share life with him, that we could enjoy being with him, and that we could love him for all of our days. Togetherness is at the very heart of what it means to be human. And it's exactly what we see happening in the garden before the fall, isn't it? Think about how God is bringing the animals to Adam, to have Adam name them. How he is delighting in Adam in that moment. Remember how God used to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day in the garden. Don't you want to know just a little bit what they were talking about? I know that I want to have that kind of relationship with God, that life on life type of conversation, knowing and enjoying one another. I want that type of togetherness with him. It's what we're made for, relating to God and partaking of God's life. Togetherness is our created purpose. And this morning, togetherness is the message of the Father to each one of us in creation, in creating each one of us. But God's message of togetherness in the garden is rejected when Adam and Eve sinned. You see, they wanted something more than togetherness with God. They wanted to be equal with God more than they wanted to be together with God. And in pursuing equality with God, they shattered their togetherness with God and destroyed their togetherness with one another. Because of their sin, the original togetherness that God intended to have with us and with one another was lost. Growing up, I was always very close with my mom. From the earliest time that I can remember, we were always talking with one another. Whatever we were doing, wherever we were going, whether it was in the car, whether we were going to school or on our way on a family vacation or to see family in Lubbock, we were always talking. My mom used to tell me that I was four years old, going on 40, and that she could talk to me about anything. I loved that about our relationship. I treasured the way that we shared and enjoyed life with one another. It was a picture of togetherness, and it was one that I still hold with me to this day. But then when I was 18, my sin crept into that relationship. When I found out that my mom and my stepdad's marriage was broken and in trouble, I responded to that with anger. Anger that I directed first and foremost at God and that I also directed primarily at my mom. And that anger that I had in my heart led me into rebellion against both of them and shattered the togetherness of my relationships both with God and with my mom for a period of several years in my life. You see, I wanted to be angry at them more than I wanted to be together with them. And my sin 
my anger, my rebellion, it caused separation. Togetherness is shattered by sin and separates us from God and one another. What is it that you find yourself wanting more than togetherness with God? Success? Particular relationship? To be right? For me in that season, it was my anger. Whatever that thing is, However alluring or enticing it may be, I can tell you and promise you from personal experience that it won't be better. In fact, all it will do in your life is bring pain and separation. The good news, though, is that God refuses to allow sin and separation to be the end of the story. The end of his story with us. The good news is that God speaks a word across the separation that exists between us. A word that he reveals through his prophet Isaiah and that he proclaims through the gospel of Matthew in our gospel reading today. It is about the one who is the word, Jesus Christ. He says, behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall give birth to a son and they shall call him Emmanuel. God with us. God overcomes the separation that exists because of our sin. And he demonstrates his desire for restored togetherness with us again by doing something amazing. God shows up. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the birth of Jesus, God speaks to us in our sin, in that place of separation. He tells us, I love you. You matter to me. I want to be together with you again. The God who made us for togetherness with him comes together with us in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Truly, God could send no more powerful message of his love for us, of his desire for togetherness with us, than humbling himself by taking on flesh and being born into this world and then ultimately dying for us on the cross and for our sins before rising in glory. Togetherness is the message of the Son to each one of us in his birth. Are you hearing the message of your Heavenly Father this morning? Do you hear his message to you in Jesus Christ? I'm grateful that God didn't allow my sin and my separation to keep him from pursuing me. And when I finally came to the end of myself, when I finally got to a moment and a place in my life where my brokenness and my anger and my sin were beginning to have some real consequences, when I'd gotten to a place where I wondered if he, God would even have me back, I found God waiting for me. In that moment, I surrendered my anger and I turned back to him. 
And instantly the Holy Spirit filled me with a warmth and an assurance of the love of God and his togetherness with me that I will never forget. Even though I had turned my back on the Lord, he had never turned his back on me. Even though I had shattered the togetherness of our relationship with one another, God's love and forgiveness in Jesus Christ, it overwhelmed my anger and washed away my sin and restored me to togetherness with him. And it was in that moment that the Holy Spirit gave me what I needed more than anything else. He assured me in a way that I could feel, in a way that I know of, of my togetherness with him. Togetherness with God is the assurance that we have through the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, you may not realize it, but we celebrate God's message of togetherness every week that we come here to gather and worship. We start with a call to worship. Usually it's a, a prayer or something in Scripture where we draw near to God and God draws near to us uh, through his word and in his worship. And then Andrew and the worship team, they lead us in these wonderful songs of praise where we exalt God's goodness, his greatness, and his glory. It's what happened here this morning. And as we exalt and magnify God, we can't help but be brought to a place where we fall short, where we know that we have fallen short and where we know that we need to confess and acknowledge those places where we haven't loved God well, where we haven't loved our neighbors well, where we've done things that aren't right and left things that undone that we, that we should have done. And so we enter into a time of confession. But then we hear beautiful, God's beautiful words of togetherness after we've come to his cross in the words of the absolution. We hear of God's great love for us and that our sin has been taken from us as far as the east is from the west. And it's when our togetherness with God has been restored by his mercy and his loving kindness that we turn to one another and we share that togetherness with each other, passing the peace. It's that time that we have so much trouble getting everyone to sit back down from after, uh, to, get, to get to announcements. It's so much fun. It's a beautiful time. It's because that as God restores our togetherness with him, he also gives us the grace to restore togetherness with one another. It's what happened in my relationship with my mom. As I was restored to togetherness with God, he graciously moved in my life and in my heart over the next months to restore me to togetherness with her. The separation that existed between us during that difficult season of our lives, I'm grateful to say is no more. So what is our response to God's message of togetherness in his son, Jesus Christ, this morning? We don't have to remain separated from him. He isn't asking us to earn our way back into his good graces, into togetherness with him. It's not anything that we do that makes God loves us, but it's the love of God in Jesus Christ 
through which he pursues us and never gives up on us. In our sin, in our independent spirits wanting something more than God, it is we who turn away from God. But God never turns away from us. And we return to togetherness with God when we believe that Jesus is the forgiver of our sin. That Jesus is the bridge that crosses that chasm of separation that exists between us and brings us over to himself through his great love and kindness. And that Jesus is the restorer of our togetherness that God created us for. It is faith in Jesus that restores us to togetherness with God. And it is faith in Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit that allows us to take that restoration and to restore our relationships with those in our lives and whom we love. There is one final message of togetherness that I believe God wants us to hear this morning. And it is one that he speaks to us at his table. He invites all who would come by faith and with thanksgiving to him, to come to him, to receive his body and blood and to be restored to togetherness with him that he invites to come and receive, to be restored, to know the togetherness that he wants to have with you. So come as we come to the table in a few moments and gratefully respond to God's message of togetherness with you and his son. Jesus Christ, God with us, God with you. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, thank you, Lord, that your message to your people has always been a message of togetherness. Thank you, Lord, that in creating us, your desire was a relationship of intimacy, of unity, of oneness, of beauty, of togetherness. And Lord, thank you that uh, even though we sinned and we fell into separation from you, Lord, that you sent your son. And that by your great love for us through him, by faith in him, we can be restored to togetherness with you. Our sins can be forgiven and we can walk with you. We can know you. We can love you. We can enjoy you forever just as you created us for. And so, Lord, we thank you for your message of togetherness, and we give you thanks and praise in the most powerful name that has ever been, the name that restores, the name that forgives, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.